1: Hey, everybody. Welcome into this week's edition of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Financial Choices Matter, because they do. And I'm here with Charles Scott, as always. What's going on, my friend? How are you?
0: Hey, uh, things are good. Things have cooled off in the greater Phoenix area, finally. Uh, this yeah. week's a little warm, but it's going to be back to relatively fall normal stuff, other than it gets dark early and I get right yep. early. Yep. So We've <laughs> been, know, other uh, than that, that's the way it's supposed to kay. work.
1: Well, it's not, you know, it's not like we haven't been busy, things going on. We just had the, you know, the clock thing, right? You just, just talking about, you know, the the past week. At the time we're taping this, we're one day removed from the election and have no clue as to anything. Uh, yeah,
0: well, that that may becomes really self-evident the more we talk here.
1: Yeah, and and the contentiousness so have- that's probably on the way. So We don't have any, any, no no real insight to talk about there. So we'll just move on past that. We've got (laughs) next, next week is Friday the 13th. So, I mean, there's always something, right? You know,
0: 2020. Yeah. If it's not one thing, it's something else.
1: That's right. Life continues to roll and move forward. And I got a fun topic for us this week. We're going to have a a good time with this. I think, at least, at least I hope anyway, Uh, we try to provide a a (laughs) fun time every time we get together and chat and hopefully share some useful nuggets of information with the folks. Uh, but is diversification for suckers? <laughs> that's our topic. Oh, there's a good question. Sure, that's yeah. a good topic. You know, I mean, look, it's a, it's a, it's a buzzword that we all know, right? Diversification, diversify, diversify, diversify. Right? We hear it all the time. You hear it from famous investors. You come across it from guys like Warren Buffett, and you know, I mean, you just hear it everywhere, right? You, if if you're even thinking about retirement, you've heard this term for sure. Yeah. And, and so, therefore, people are just, you know. They're just kind of it's something that we hear and we just want, we just browbeat it. So what I want to ask you is, uh, how can we see, you know, how can how can these things seemingly be different and both ideas be right? Because basically we do hear a lot of back and forth on it. Right. We hear two sides of the coin. Sure. Okay.
0: That's the, that's the way it's supposed to be. And then there needs to be some thoughtful analysis and you can decide which side makes the most sense for you.
1: Okay. All right. So from what you see, how does the average person typically define diversification? I think that's a good first step. How, what does it mean to yeah. you?
0: Well, what it means to me and what it means to, and other advisors and people in this industry, what it means to us is very, I have found it to be very different from what it means to the general public. Right. General, and, and the general public does diversification by buying a bunch of different funds, but under the surface of all, because that's what they're told to do. Sure. They need yeah, to have yeah. all these different kinds of things. There's really only three things that are diversification features. There's stocks, bonds, and cash. That's it. Right. Every, real estate you could put in there too. Everything else is the derivative of that some way or another. Okay. So should you have some of all of that? Of course. Uh, but when you look at it just from an investment point of view, having more funds isn't doesn't make any sense necessarily, unless there's really a purpose.
1: It's kind of like it's, having more potato chips, right? So you well get right. you got potato yeah. chips, but then you also got flavored potato chips and then you got another yeah. flavored potato chips, but they're still potato chips.
0: They're just potato chips, yes. Yeah. And what they don't what people most people don't know is that they're using mutual funds for the vast majority of, of instances. And those mutual funds buy the same stuff.
1: Right, right.
0: We just did an analysis for for guy's four hundred one k plan, mm-hmm. uh, and he was shocked. I said, "Okay, so here's the way they all look. Here's the stuff they all own." He said, "Well, they all own the same thing." I said, "Yeah, that's exactly it. So you're really not diversified. Have one fund that has all this stuff, and then go find something that's completely right, different. Right.
1: If it takes a tumble, so, they're all taking a tumble fairly equally. Oh, that's right. Yeah,
0: that's right. So you know the whole diversification thing. It's yes, it matters, but it." It's not the be all end all do all of all of this. Well,
1: we'll continue. We'll continue through that conversation. So that was the first bit of it. It, How does the average person? And you know, so for just regular, you know, Joe or Jane America, for example, we to your point, we get kind of told that this is a good thing to do. Have a bunch of mutual funds, and that's what most of us do. So that's that's how how they define it. And of course, to your point, uh, an advisor defines it completely differently. So, and we'll talk more about that. So, in contrast to the average investor, then. Go ahead and tell us your, you know, what it means to you from that flip side of that coin.
0: Yeah. Well, the terminology that ad- addresses that is owning non-correlated assets. They don't do the same thing when something happens. You know, they zig when everything else is zagging. Right. You know, and, and that's what you want to have. You want to have, you know, whether it's in the in, local, I mean, if, is it U.S. stocks, d- domestic right. stocks, uh, not, uh, global stocks, emerging market stocks? Frontier stocks. I mean, all those kinds of things. They're relatively non-correlated, although sometimes you'd be surprised by how much they actually do act alike. But that's the way you get really true diversification. So,
1: so Charles, kind of to kind of break this down a little simpler. So, tech stocks have been killing it this year, obviously due to COVID and people working from home. But for example, we have for especially during the lockdown, we weren't driving as much, right? So, tech stocks are up, but oil is down, right? Right. Or or Exxon, you know, kind of thing. So, like that kind of idea, right? Yeah, yeah. That, no. those,
0: that's actually kind of correlated because one was being overused more, so there's the supply and demand issue. Okay. And the other all one, right. oil, gas, was being underused, so the dem- the supply is there, the demand is not. So okay. Good, what happens? Great point. Thank you. Prices go down. Okay. All right. Uh, so I mean, it's it's all of this has to fit together though. There isn't just one reason that things happen.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So,
0: I mean, so it gets. It's not you know, you can overthink it to death and you still don't get any further ahead
1: than if
0: you just get some diversified stuff, but but there's different Moving parts to all of this at different times for different reasons. Gotcha. It's never well, the same,
1: right? And that's you know that's why we do the show is to talk through, through some of these things because you know here I'm thinking one thing and I, I talk to you all the time about this stuff and I'm even going in the wrong direction. So we can certainly see it's easy for people to get into the wrong step with this because it's so there's a lot of yeah. noise. There's a lot of noise around all <sighs> of these kinds of things. So it does get lost a lot of times in translation. So that's why you turn to somebody who does it every day because you're used to deciphering some of the noise. Okay. So there's a a ton of noise. And there's a ton of noise. Yeah, that's for sure. Do yourself a favor. Actually, do yourself a favor. Don't Google, you know, (laughs) but if you Google, (laughs) Google diversification and see what happens, you'll get like 5 billion responses. Uh, Okay. So in your experience, Charles, how much emphasis do you see the average person and average investor placing on the idea or the concept of diversification?
0: And just exactly what we've been talking about. They emphasize it a lot. They don't necessarily know why it's just what they've been told status quo. And yeah, status quo. Yeah, everybody does it. We got to diversify. Uh, okay. But why? If there's not a why, if there's not something you're specifically going that way for, then don't bother. I mean, mm-hmm. buy a target date fund. I don't like them particularly at all, but right. they are, you know, they diversify you all over the place and it's just this one size fits all. I'm not an advocate of them. So we have this one client and I looked at her 401k plan and all she has in are target date funds, which is nuts cuz they all <laughs> They all own the same stuff. They just own different percentage of it. And that's not diversification. It's just what you've been told. It is, you know, you got to, when everybody says it, there's that bias towards, well, it must be true. It must be the right answer. (laughs) Well, it's not the wrong answer, but it's not the only answer. Right. So it's just a part of the whole thing.
1: Okay. All right. So now I mentioned Warren Buffett earlier when I set this thing up and as a nod to Warren, uh, you know, is it possible to be too diversified?
0: Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, Warren Bill Gates is even a better example. Bill Gates did not get ridiculously wealthy by being diversified in all the tech companies that he owned. He owned Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Warren Buffett owns specific companies. Mm-hmm. He's very, he's diversified from an, you know, from a, I want to own some kinds of different stuff, but I don't need to own gobs of them. And he actually owns companies. He doesn't just buy stock in companies. He buys enough controlling interest in the stock of companies that he runs the companies. The mm-hmm. way he. Wants them run, right. so you know. So see, that's where diversification actually makes some sense. But it, you know, just to be diversified for the sake of thinking, you're diversified. No.
1: Yeah, getting so having your income streams, for example, coming from totally different arenas. Uh, you know, he might own, uh, I will just, for the sake of argument, he owns a bunch of movies, you know, chains, well that entertainment. So then he might own something, you know, completely different like transportation, you know, companies, because that's a totally different arena, so to speak. Right. So you're not, it it wouldn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to own, you know, a bunch of uh, movie, you know, outlets, and then also a bunch of video rental stores and then everything where it's kind of in the same general vein of that type of industry. He diversifies his industries all across the board.
0: That's right. I own, I, you know, I own eight, Small multi-unit apartment buildings in the greater Phoenix area—that's not diversification,
1: right? I okay. don't. No, you don't. Right, but yeah, but he an example, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's ex- you know, it's, if you know, that's your only source of income, and the real estate you know market takes crashes, a, yeah, it takes yeah. a beating, you're in trouble, right? Exactly. Okay, all right, and that's the okay. general concept that's the easiest way to think about it when you're talking about diversification uh so yes it, it, you know the whole you know concept of saying is, is it for suckers? you know no, you need to have some diversification, but you also need to not it, It's not the only thing, and again, we get lulled into this. We'll just do a target date fund or just I, I was talking to somebody i don't know a long time ago, Charles, and they had. Uh, a client that had something like 25 different mutual funds yeah and uh and 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 the more i've done this over the couple of years the more i've heard stories like that so oh, sure. had 10 12 15 18 20 and they did they, they walked in feeling like yeah I'm totally diversified because I've yeah. got 20 di- and i bought 10 of them from 10 different companies so that that makes it better
0: yeah <laughs> it's like no not knowing that all those different companies buy the same stocks,
1: buy the same stuff yeah exactly so, all right so folks anyway. well there you go oh go ahead charles
0: no, no, no. I was just gonna say, I you know, that's that diversification, yes, conceptually makes sense. It's just how you put it all together that makes all the difference, which is not. Anything unusual.
1: Yeah, You can take it right back to, you know, the you know, not having your eggs in one basket, which is usually tied to the diversification conversation. We hear that all the right. time. Well, don't right. have so much diversification. Like that can't be the only thing in your basket as well. <laughs> it's no, just that's diversification. Right. No, so, yeah, have go. some
0: other stuff besides just eggs.
1: All right. It's just eggs. There you go. All right. So that's our conversation around diversification. So we'll take an email question here, as we tend to do on the podcast, or at least from time to time anyway. And if you'd like to submit your own, go to Pelotoncapital.com. That's pelotoncapital.com. You can drop us an email and we'll uh, hopefully add it to the podcast. We try to, you know, different ones that come in, we try to get to them when we can. Of course, if you have some questions you want to get answered before you take any action, you should always check with uh, someone like Charles Scott. He's a fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management. Call in before you take any action so that you can talk about your specific situation. 480-513-1830. Uh, is how you do that. 480-513-1830. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, Financial Choices Matter, on whatever platform you like to use. Just simply type the name in the search box. If you've got uh, Apple Podcasts on your phone, for example, uh, pull up the app, just type it in. You'll see it. Hit the little follow or heart button, whatever that might be. And you will be able to get new episodes as they come out and so on and so forth. And you can find it all at PelotonCapital.com as well. All right. Email question from Diane in Phoenix. Yep. And she says, Charles, because of some past medical issues, I have been told that I won't be able to get long-term care insurance. So I guess I should plan on just figuring out how to self-insure.
0: Uh, well, you can have long-term care insurance. Not the traditional kind, probably because of medical issues, but okay. you can. There are insurance products out there that that have, and this has been developing significantly over the last several years. They did, did they exist before? Yeah, once in a while, but now there's a lot of options that are available to you, uh-huh. So, if you, you, an annuity is a perfect example. You can have an indexed annuity uh, that also has features on it that will allow the value of that annuity to be used for long-term care care uh, is you know and, and the qualifier is you have two of those activities of daily living um, there's six of them and all you have to do is have two of them like you're unable to feed yourself or uh, dress yourself or you know transfer from a chair to a bed to you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, those they're available you don't have basically you don't need to medically qualify is it as robust as an old-fashioned long-term care policy no it's not but will it provide services? Yeah. And you could have in-home service. You could go to a, you know, a nursing home. I mean, it could be there's all kinds of levels of care that are available. And they are out there. They are available. Your past medical history is really not going to get in the way of that. So if you haven't looked into that, you should, because that's always a question we ask people. Uh, where, you know, prioritize for me how important long-term care could be for you, yeah. regardless of how old you are. Statistically, 70% of the people need long term care somewhere along the line.
1: For so, an average think, of what, about three years, I think is the national average?
0: Yeah, men are men men and men typically I'll tell you, the men typically have it for a little less time uh, than women do. Women obviously are healthier, live longer, and everything else than we do. But if you have a, a cognitive issue, Alzheimer's dementia, yeah, something it's like much that, longer. then it's a long time. It's yeah. seven or eight years, the average stay. in a facility and and
1: pretty costly too. That care is really expensive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yes, but Diane, it absolutely is available to you. You need to look a little deeper, give us a call if that fits for you and we can point you in the right direction. Uh, You know, We we do those those things all the
1: time. Great great question, Diane. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and submitting that. And so, folks, uh, just like Diane, if you've got a similar question, reach out to Charles and talk to him about uh, some possibilities that could be on the table. Again, everybody's situation is different, so it's always important to, to find out uh, you know, knowledge is power, as the, as the saying goes. So find out, get some answers uh, and see if there's uh, something that may benefit you a little bit better than what you're just thinking is like she's talking about just self-insuring. So four eight zero five one three eighteen thirty 1830 is how you reach out to him. Four eight zero five one three eighteen thirty. All right, my friend. I think that's going to do it for us this week. I think that's a, a good, fun little podcast. Hopefully, somebody learned something about diversification and maybe not having too much of it. It's kind of like, um, kind of like Goldilocks, right? You don't want it. You don't want it to be too hot, too cold. You want it to be just right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's, there you go. That's yeah, okay. That's I was not going to go there with that analogy, but that works.
1: There so you go. thank you, Mark. That's why I'm here for the silly <laughs> stuff.
0: There you go. <laughs> hey, we, we prove it every couple weeks.
1: That's right. That's right. All right, folks. Well, take care of yourself. Stay safe and sane. We'll see you next time here on Financial Choices Matter with Charles Scott, fiduciary advisor at Peloton Capital Management, serving you here in the Scottsdale area. Find him online at pelotoncapital.com. That's pelotoncapital.com.